Welcome to the Good Budget Way, where we share real-life stories about everyday people from all walks of life who spend, save, and give to what's truly important in life. I'm your host, Chien. I'm glad to hear how helpful this podcast has been and how much folks have been learning from it. So thank you so much for letting us know and subscribing to this podcast. You're listening to the third episode of Eleven on Season 1 of The Good Budget Way. In the last episode with Carissa, we heard about how she and her roommate, Ariana, went through the process of looking for their first apartment, starting from being clear with each other at the beginning of what was important to them, compromising along the way, and all the whole time having key money talks with each other. So if you haven't heard that episode, definitely go back and check it out. You can hear Carissa's story and all of the joys that they experienced and struggles through the process of looking for their first apartment. The guests I have on today have been the most open about their differences and disagreements and how they've worked them out. In this episode, Kenny and Becky will tell us about how it went in their first few months of sharing finances and a budget together as a married couple. Let's get into it. Hey there, thanks for coming in today to be on our show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Would you start us off by telling us a little bit about who you are? My name is Becky and... I just got married to Kenny. Um, we've been married about nine months. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, my name is Kenny. Um, I just got married to Becky nine months ago. <laughs> I'm glad you got married to each other. <laughs> so you've been married for nine months now. How long have you been talking about finances with each other? Uh, I th- I'd say uh, the months leading up to the wedding we we actually talked about it because we did some premarital counseling um a couple folks suggested that that would be a a good way to start conversations about our marriage and so uh, we actually had a um a few sessions with a counselor and uh, he guided us through some uh, some interesting topics in these premarital counseling sessions, I assume there were a lot of different kinds of topics that came up because marriage is just so complex and there's a lot of layers, but it sounds like money, finances, budgeting, it did come up. So what did you talk about in those sessions? Yeah, so we had a, I think he dedicated one session to um, to finances and we filled out a worksheet about what we think about money and how we, how we you know, how we think we spend money and how we think the other person spends money. Yeah, and we talked about uh, a lot of sort of our point of, points of view on finance and how we want to handle money. Uh, one big question was whether we wanted to start a joint account. Um, and then also we talked about um, how we want to budget ultimately. So uh, I think we had some differences on that. Becky cares a lot more about uh, specific um specific areas that we spend money in whereas for me i'm more practical about it i'd like to kind of see uh you know does our spending exceed our income and if it's lower than that then then that's great you care about the bigger picture yeah that's interesting that even before you were married you because you were able to go through this worksheet and and ask some key questions you already had a sense of what your differences were that Becky maybe was more detail oriented and looked at each different area of spending a little more closely Kenny was looking more at big picture is income greater than spending you also talked about one of the key questions was were you going to open a joint account mm-hmm. what did you think about when that question came up that question was actually pretty easy for both of us we in our both in both of our minds, I think we were both like duh. Um, 
you know, we, I think that was, that wasn't a point of tension. Yeah. So we both felt like we should, uh, open, uh, a joint account or share our accounts. Uh, from my perspective, you know, it was one of the big sort of commitments that uh, a couple would make, uh, uh, with each other, uh, you know, as a, as a married couple, um, there's a lot that we want to be more transparent about as well as accountable. Um, and so sharing a bank account, uh, while agreeing on discretionary spending for each of us, uh, sharing a bank account was just sort of a, uh, a step towards that, uh, that intimacy in a marriage that, uh, that we both felt like uh, was obvious. Um, for me, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even think that was uh, a common issue between couples. And so it was eye-opening for me to, to even you know, realize that there are married couples out there that don't even share their bank accounts. Yeah, there's a reason why it was on your worksheet, right? Because there are couples who choose not to share, or there are couples that do kind of half and half, some shared, some not. It sounds like you both were pretty clear about, yes, we're going to have a joint account. And it sounds like there was some meaning behind that. Maybe there were some practical issues, but the words that I heard you say were intimacy, transparency, accountability. So it sounds like for you, it really had to do with the relationship and what that choice on the finances that maybe could be seen as practical, it actually had to do with the heart of your relationship. So that's really beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I think um, what, you know, ultimately you can, uh, you can get a very good sense of somebody uh, based off of what that person spends their money in. What do you mean by that? Um, Well, you know, if you just look at, you know, if I'm spending, uh, you know, if my discretionary spending is is all on sports paraphernalia and you know Houston Rockets tickets, then you know I you know you you can you can make an assumption that that person cares a lot about uh, his local sports team. And would that be true of you? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I like that Becky's answering that question. We even drove out to Sacramento just to watch the Rockets play the Kings um, because it's cheaper than than playing the Warriors, <laughs> especially this year. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you have some differences, one of them being Becky tends to look a little more closely at each area of spending, whereas Kenny tends to look at the big picture. You've been married for nine months now, and it sounds like you've been sharing a joint account for a good part of that. How have you worked out some of your differences? For me, I, I care a lot about um, just, yeah, the, the details, and um, a lot of the times the details are the things that are more variable. Um, when we first got married and we sat down and made a budget the thing that I noticed most that was uh very different than my own personal budget from before was that there are so many more bills what Uh, kind of bills did you notice (laughs) well Kenny had bought a house before we got married so (laughs) we have a mortgage we have you know we have the internet bill we have electricity we have a bunch of subscriptions to magazines um what else do we have? You know, Netflix, Spotify, uh, utility, uh, HOA, um, you know, property tax. <laughs> yeah, property tax. Um, <laughs> we paid that. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> we paid property tax, I think, the month or two after we got married. And I was that was shocking to me. <laughs> Why was it shocking to you, Becky? It's such a large number. Um, and you... It, it's just, 
I, I had no in my I have I haven't you know I didn't have the house I didn't own a house before that so it just I didn't it didn't occur to me that it would be so large uh-huh. to just to and see so sudden yeah to see such a big number come up and then hit your budget and your checking account I assume yes so that was that was a surprise so in some ways it sounds like making the budget together it helped surface maybe some of the differences that you had in your own experiences with finances before with Becky being new to owning a home and Kenny already having experienced a lot of those expenses and how to think about all the bills. Sometimes it can be hard for folks to to connect with each other since one person is actually more aware of one part of the budget and the other person's aware of the other part. But it sounds like the two of you making the budget together at least helped to begin to open up that conversation and have a have you both have a common understanding of what you were looking at. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think if you asked us now after nine months, I, I would say Becky probably knows a lot more of the details of where all of our money goes to, uh, not just with our credit cards and all of that that are already tracked, but also even just the cash uh, expenditures. So you know, I got a haircut, uh, you know, last week, and uh, my barber only takes cash. And, uh, and she keeps reminding me to log that in as a as a as a cash uh, spend to my monthly haircut budget. So Becky's (laughs) the one who's reminding you to put that in the good budget app. Yeah, for for tracking. Yeah. (laughs) And he did it today. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. So it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like between the two of you, Becky's the one who tends to track each transaction more closely every time they're spending or income. And Kenny maybe sometimes tracks and sometimes needs to be reminded. I I like to look at the accounts. So Uh at the account level, you know, what what do we have coming in? And, you know, if, if our spending is X percent of our income overall, as well as, um, any sort of investments that I that I like to kind of uh, dabble in. I was just going to talk about the discretionary because I I think I don't think we answered your question from before we started talking about making a budget. But because I'm the person that keeps track of everything, I know that there are certain things that are fixed. Most of our bills, a big portion of our spending, are fixed. So I tend to focus on the the items that are variable, which happen to be. Well, for us, it was food and then also discretionary spending. And so we actually, because those are the two categories of spending that we had, we that were variable, we actually did try to do some things with food. For example, we tried to eat in the first couple months of our marriage. How just, did that go? <laughs> we thought it would save a lot of, of money for us. What kinds of food were you cooking when you're eating in? Um, just, well, simple stuff, you know, pastas and... We made a lot of rice. Yeah. (laughs) Rice and Um, beans. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like super meager. I mean, we did, you know, we did get some stuff from Whole Foods every now and then, but, uh, uh, but it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was, it was more work. We would always have to think about what we made. We would always eat, eat leftovers things like that. But I think at the end, we what we realized was that the uh, groceries were uh, not that much cheaper than eating out. I mean, it, it is cheaper, definitely. But ultimately, we were talking about a couple percentage points of our overall budget. I think that the spending that <clears throat> we were actually focusing on were was, uh, you know, like one to two percent of our spending. So it wasn't it didn't make that much of a difference whether Right, right. And we were arguing over 1% of, you know, the overall sort of discretionary budget. And so 
it uh, it gave us more perspective rather than um, getting really heated in, in, in any uh, disagreements. I think that's actually really helpful. I think sometimes in any couple, we people fo- get focused on a particular area of the budget, trying to do experiments with it to see if you can move the needle up and down. And I think that's great, doing experiments, trying things out. And it sounds like you tried this for a couple months. Um, but then after a couple months, you realized a few things. It was more work. It sounded like there was some sense of folks being tired about it. And then also that it actually became a source of contention in your relationship and it was causing arguments. Then when you stepped back, you realized like, oh, okay, this is like one or 2% of our entire budget. Is this really where we want to be focusing our energy? Um, And I think I really appreciate the way that you chose not to give each other guilt trips about it, but step back and say, okay, well, actually maybe let's look at and focus on some other area since this actually isn't making a huge difference in our budget, but it's making a significant difference negatively potentially in our relationship. Yeah. Well, and it, and it built a, it, it, we started building habits too. So, you know, uh, I think now, I mean, I certainly don't eat out as much as I did when, you know, I was single. So, um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I, I look in the fridge, I always look for, leftovers or something that I can, that I can, you know, uh, scrap together, um, fairly easily. We also, uh, Becky noticed something interesting, uh, that we, uh, for our discretionary spending that she actually, uh, we both spend the same amount generally, but she has more transactions than I do. Yeah. I think, you know, in relationships, people always say, oh, there's the one person that's a spender and then there's one that's the saver. And I think when we first got married, I mean, Kenny already knew this, but I definitely, I order a lot of things online. Um, and that's because I have, I'm the person that buys a bunch of things and then returns like 80% of them. Got to try everything on. Uh, um, so a lot of times, you know, he'll, he'll just think, well, you shop a lot. But then when we actually looked up, like I actually did like a, you know, we, we ran a report in Good Budget actually, and we looked at all of our spending for the last eight, nine months. And the amount of money was actually pretty close. We Our discretionary spending for the two of us for the last eight, nine months are the same. But the number of transactions were, I, I think I spent, I had four times as many transactions as Kenny. So <laughs> it's not that Kenny doesn't spend. It's just that he tends to have bigger purchases less frequently. I think that's really fun to notice that because I think you could have this perspective from either of your seats that Becky could say, oh, Kenny, you're the spender in the relationship because you're the one who goes out and spends $100, $200 in one go. What are you doing? And then Kenny could be looking at Becky saying, why are you shopping online every day? What's going on? But you're actually looking at the numbers and getting a sense, oh, it actually adds up to the same amount so we can have a conversation about this. Yeah, I think we're learning a lot about each other and how we spend and, you know, it, there's no wrong way. I think it's just a good, you know, there are different ways and it's good to talk about them. I think that's really helpful perspective to know, yeah, we're different and neither one is wrong, um, but we are working together and understanding ourselves and understanding each other better. That's really beautiful. What if one of you is thinking, oh, I want to buy something kind of like a big ticket item. What happens in your house? Well, we just got married, so we don't really... I mean, the the main things that we've been purchasing, the big, other big, big ticket items we've been purchasing are furniture. We wanted, what did we buy recently? Oh, a uh, desk. A desk. 
Yes. Yeah, I mean, we just we just sort of talk about it and talk about what we want to see. You oh, an ottoman. You got that ottoman that took oh, forever yeah. to deliver. <laughs> you know, we didn't live together before we got married, so Becky moving in uh, was a transition period for her. In particular, just the physical environment that we're in, uh, which is my my townhome. So I, you know, I already had things that were furnished. Um, but you know, Becky has strong opinions about, you know, where things should go and what we need. And I also kicked out a couple of roommates that I had. So we had some open rooms. Um, so we needed to sort of make a decision together conceptually what these rooms are supposed to be like an office or another bedroom or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, and that sort of set the tone of what we wanted. So, you know, the, the, the second floor we wanted to get an office and so you probably need a desk and so we start talking about what desks make sense just the given the space with that we have and what we wanted to do with the room and the chairs in there and and all of that becky has a really design oriented eye so uh, so she has a lot of opinions about what the desks should look like so there were some conversations about that and you know where where we would want to get it and um, whether we were willing to spend a little bit more since we own the place, uh, you know, we, we sort of felt like, uh, there was more, uh, more at stake here. And, and, and so we were, we were willing to kind of splurge a little bit on, 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 uh, furniture that, you know, we were going to keep for a while. So what's your favorite furniture purchase so far? I want to say this really large mirror. It's really big. Oh Yeah. I, I don't want to say that because uh, that that mirror was so heavy and it was <laughs> extremely hard to put on the wall. So we're never was, uh, moving it. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was literally like two hundred pounds. Oh my goodness! It, you know the instructions said professional installation strongly recommended. And did you go for the professional no, installation? No, we did not. <laughs> that I, was a mistake. I got a neighbor to help me out. <laughs> Why is this mirror special to you? I think it was. The first like big purchase that we made that is like more of a cosmetic, um, like style thing for our house. So yeah. a lot of a lot of other things are more like for utility, like a desk. But this was like a like a piece, like a statement piece kind of item. So Becky and I are very vain, and so we like <laughs> yeah, we like just, to look at ourselves in the mirror. It's very. It's a full length mirror too, it, so we get to magnif- see all of ourselves. Does it magnify your size? It yeah. makes you look bigger than you are. Oh, I, no, it's it's very real. It it shows you you're real, <laughs> what you really <laughs> look you like. Really, it doesn't yeah. hide anything. Yeah. I so. see. Well, it makes sense, though, that this mirror would be special to you because it's a statement piece, especially given that Becky has a design sense and that that's a priority for her and for you as a couple. It's not kind of just like, oh, I just want this. I'm going to buy it. But it sounds like there's a sense that the way your choices of your in your home represent who you are and express your design and your creativity, that that's actually important to you. And that kind of connects with something we talk about with the good budget way to spend on what's important. And there's a process of, of understanding what's truly important to me as a person or to us as a couple, um, and then making the choices that kind of support that. Yeah, I mean, we, I, for me, it was uh, the fact that we live there and this was ours. We're not renting and we had no plans of moving anywhere uh in, in the, you know, in the short to midterm. So uh, it was some, you know, these are all things we were going to keep in the long run. Which is why it was worth doing the 200 pound installation. That's right. 
All right. So you've been sharing finances, talking about it. Sounds like budgeting together, using the Good Budget app. Good job for nine months. What have you learned about each other in the process? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Um, okay. So I learned that Kenny is more of a bigger picture kind of guy. He 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 doesn't he looks at our monthly spending from a bird's eye view and for him that's you know he wants to know how much we that came in and how much came out and like what the net is at the end of the month whereas i'm more focused on every little category and you know how how we did on each category of spending and what do those categories mean to you becky um i think that you know the categories we we created a budget and the, made up of these categories, and they are there for a reason. So, I want to make sure that we are we stay within them, and also that if we have set aside money for something, that we should actually use that money for that purpose. What's an example of something that's like that? You set aside money for it, and you want to make sure that you are actually using the money toward that purpose. I think the envelope that we are currently in discussion about is our generosity envelope. We in the beginning when we made our budget we decided that we did want to have room in there, you know, to, to give towards something that we believe in. And we haven't actually made the decision um, for, you know, for what, what, who or what we want to support yet. So it's kind of just been an envelope that's been growing and growing every month as we fill it. And so it's just sitting there. Um, and I think it's, it's, a, it's getting to be a pretty large amount of money because it's been months and months. And so it's really easy to think, wow, like this is a lot of money. We could, you know, we could take a vacation with this or we can get another large mirror <laughs> or I don't know, like a cool furniture item. But uh-huh. I think, you know, we set it and had it earmarked there for something else. So I want to make sure that we, you know, we spend it on that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it sounds like you've taken at least a couple pretty important first steps with that. One, you chose to make a generosity envelope to have that category in your budget, and that was a joint decision. And then not only did you make it, you have been setting aside money for it, and you've been filling it and keeping it there. And it sounds like not letting that money move into other things because you have a clear sense of purpose of, yes, this is important to us. We just haven't figured out how we're going to do it yet. So what is it that you think you're looking for? Some A cause that you believe in or something close to your heart that you might give to you? I don't know yet. Um, we have, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, it's something that's important, so we don't take it lightly. And it's not something that we would just do out of obligation either. Um, so we have to, yeah, we still have to figure that out. I think that's really key what you said about it's important to you, but you don't want to do it out of obligation. Um, It sounds like for you, it's not just like, oh, we're going to do this because we're supposed to or because that's what good people do or folks tell us we should do this. But you're looking for a sense of connection, I think, um, of a cause you can believe in, something close to your heart that you feel like you can give and really give freely. Um, That's kind of the heart of generosity is giving freely rather than giving out of obligation, like you said. I think that's really great. Okay, so after nine months of doing this together, how are you feeling about sharing finances and budgeting together? I think we're kind of in a in a groove. We're not a groove, but we kind of we have, um, well, we we clearly have different ways of looking at our budget. And I'm, you know, I'm initially when we got started, I was like, we both have to like add transactions. We both have to make sure we're checking it every day, and you know that we'd never go over. But that's that's 
the reality is it's it never it never works out like that <laughs> no not we, for any couple <laughs> yeah you can't both do the same things and like you know it, it gets tiring or someone just like gets mad or it, it it's not real um and i think we've kind of achieved a uh what's it called like a equilibrium equilibrium yeah. an equilibrium so we have a monthly meeting at the beginning of the month and i think we're happy with that and i because I like to add transactions, I'm going to add my transactions, and that's fine. And if Kenny doesn't, I'm going to import them, and it, that's okay, too. Yeah, and I don't think the two viewpoints are always mutually exclusive, either. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I like to look at the accounts and what's coming in and out. And if there is something that I feel like is gone over, you know, uh, that's where the that's when Becky's more specific kind of tracking of each transaction and which category they all belong to mm-hmm. actually is very useful uh, because then I can break it down and see it and more clearly, you know, what areas that we overspend, whether it's food or, you know, clothes or, you know, Kirby's or dog, um, you know, things like that. Yeah, I remember there was one month where you thought, whoa, this is really high. It was, I think it was the month of February. And it turned out, you know, we looked at the, the spending report and it, it was because we went on vacation. So there was a lot more, like, you know, all the tick- airline tickets and all that stuff happened in that month. And so it was abnormally high. I think that's great because you have, because you have one person who's focusing on the big picture, you kind of know where the flags are, what issues might be worth looking into. And in that case, it was that February spending was high. And then because you have a tracker in Becky, then when you ask that question, you can actually find out why was it high and, and get down to, oh, it was because vacation. And then both of you can talk about like, oh, yeah, that was a decision we made together. We feel good about it. Cool. Or you could look at it and say, well, mm, that wasn't the best decision. We won't do that again. Um, and you can still be on a team together about that. That's really great. Well, thank you so much for coming in to be on our show today and sharing your story with us. Yeah, this is really fun. We hope to be back. I love how open and real Kenny and Becky were with each other and with us, too, about the real differences they have when it comes to money. It sounds like they're really working it out with each other and deepening their relationship, building intimacy by sharing money in the midst of their differences. And I love that they've really embraced saying goodbye to guilt by allowing each other to spend in their different ways. A lot of small purchases often or a few big ones once in a while. In the Good Budget Way, we often talk about other people helping us see our blind spots. What's cool about Kenny and Becky is they take it one step further by seeing their different perspectives on big picture versus detailed tracking as complementary strengths. That is amazing. For me, this inspires me in my own marriage. Now, we've been married eight years, not eight months, so we have worked to agree on a lot of things, but there are still areas where we have different opinions. And for me, this inspires me to go back and restart those conversations and deepen our relationship too. Next time, we'll hear from Matt and Janelle, who will be here to share with us their story of figuring out how they can afford to retire near the people they love, and in the process, choosing to move on to a boat. Thanks for listening to Becky and Kenny's story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe for more and rate it to help other folks find it too. And let us know what you thought of their story on our website at goodbudget.com slash podcast. If they inspired you to budget with a Y, head on over to goodbudget.com to get started on your budget with our software that's easy to sync and share with a partner. Or look for the Good Budget app on Google Play or the App Store. Happy budgeting! Happy budgeting!